This is a presentation of the Pitch Podcast Network. This is Ope Radio. Hey, the internet. How's it going? My name is Ben Went, and you are listening to Ope Radio. This is my local music podcast for the Pitch Podcast Network. It's all about the local music scene of Kansas City and uh, Lawrence, Kansas, all the surrounding areas. I normally talk a good amount up top, but I don't want to talk too much because we've got a jam-packed episode. I have a ton of brand new music, like came out this week, brand new, and then I've also got a very, very cool interview with my buddy Elijah from the band Familiar, who if you listen to this podcast, you know I've been talking about their new record, Daydream, a bunch. I'm, I'm so stoked. There's there's so much to do, and I, I don't want this to be crazy long. I try to always keep it right in the ballpark of an hour. This one's probably going to spew just a little bit past that. Spew? That's a gross word to use there. Spill, I think is what I meant to say. I could correct it, but I won't. Instead, I'm just going to play some great music. Um, we, we just announced a bunch of shows at the Rhino. We are going to be doing live music and or comedy every Friday, every Saturday in May, and uh, you know for, for the foreseeable future. And uh, it's all very limited capacity, so uh, if you want to get tickets, act fast. Saturday, May 8th, I'm so stoked to announce that we have Cheery, Sam Wells, and June Valjun. And Cheery is the brand new music project of Caitlin Conroy. And uh, I played the song Concept of Love by Cheery last week. I'm going to spin it again here up top. Let's get into the music. Let's, let's go, 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 go. So here you go. Concept of Love by Cheery. Too much. 
Yeah, that was brand new stuff by Cheery, which is a brand new act. The song concept of love, as far as I know, right here in Oprah is the only place that you can hear that regularly right now. It's uh, the, the start of something new. There's going to be a, a record coming out probably this summer. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. But yeah, uh, if, if you want your first full glimpse at it, come May 8th to, to the Rhino and uh, check out that show. I'm very excited about that. Another show that we just announced is uh, we've we've got Dog Lava. And Back Alley Brass Band together, so this great night of, of horns and uh, just, just big, loud, uh, full band. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, that's Saturday, May 22nd, and uh, I'm going to play you some Dog Lava right now. I've played Dog Lava on the podcast a couple of times, and I'm going to keep playing them because they're great. This is from their EP Biscuits that came out, and uh, this song's called K-Town. It's just a fun, instrumental funk. It, it, it's just great. It's just great. Yeah. Where do we go? Dog Lava. K-Town.
There you go. That was Dog Lava and their song K-Town. And you can see them at the Rhino on May 22nd. I'm so excited that we've got shows. I'm going to talk about those more over the next few weeks for sure. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm trying to keep this all tight because uh, Elijah and I had a longer talk than expected in, in a good way. It's a great interview, and I want you to hear every bit of of it. Uh, he had such awesome stuff to say. Um, but, yeah, come, come to one of those shows, and you will have worlds of fun. You know what else is worlds of fun? Worlds of fun. That's right. I'm selling out, baby. We got a sponsor. All right. This episode is brought to you by Worlds of Fun. Worlds of Fun is now accepting applications for all positions, including ride operators, lifeguards, cashiers, cooks, and bartenders. All positions come with competitive pay, paid training, and best of all, free admission. I used to work at Worlds of Fun. It was my first job. I worked in the games department back in high school and you know what i had a lot of friends who absolutely hated their high school jobs and i i really enjoyed my high school job that's that's true i really enjoyed that i made some lifelong friends there and uh yeah it's great stuff they've got leadership positions available working at worlds of fun means that you'll receive worlds of friends i can vouch for that worlds of flexibility and worlds of experience literally it's worlds of fun you will have worlds worth of fun Get a head start now on your Worlds of Fun opportunity. Apply at worldsoffun.jobs or, I like this, this is a nice variant, or you can text FUN, F-U-N, to 97211. So again, you could go to worldsoffun.jobs or text FUN, all caps, to 97211. How about that? Yeah, that, was, that wasn't bad for the first ad read. How about that? Woo! That was like the ZMBZ zinger of ad reads. Hey oh, that was a deep cut for my uh, my millennial listeners and older, I guess. Any any Gen Z listeners didn't get that reference just there, but yeah, okay. Uh, I've got brand new music from True Lions. True Lions just dropped their record, The Fimpire Stripes Back, which is a fantastic name for an album. I'm so excited that a record exists with the name The Fimpire Strikes Back. Uh, this track I'm going to play today is Escape Room. I'm going to be playing a bunch of True Lions over the next few weeks. Wonderful stuff. Uh, very, like, jangly garage pop. And uh, kind of a KC supergroup. Lots of very cool, talented people involved with this project. So stoked that it has been released. I know that they've been building towards it for quite some time now. So here we go. I am thrilled to play Escape Room by True Lions from the new record Strikes Back.
love the tag on that one. Uh, just good stuff there. The opening lyrics of that song uh, get me just fantastic. So there you go. That was Escape Room by True Lions from the record The Vampire Strikes Back. I am positive I'll be playing quite a bit of new True Lions over the next few weeks. But uh, let's move on to the interview. Uh, I'm going to play you some familiar just to make sure that you are familiar with them. <laughs> I made that joke in the interview, too. So it's embarrassing that I did it again. I don't really get embarrassed. That's not really a feeling I experience. I feel a lot of feelings. Like I, anytime I watch any Pixar movie, I cry like I'm at my own mother's funeral. Uh, but I don't feel embarrassed. That's not one I get, really. But anyway, here we go. I'm going to play you some familiar. It's from their new record, Daydream. The song is called Around. When we come out, we'll be uh, sitting down with my buddy Elijah from the Bandies, the vocalist. And uh, I will apologize in advance for the audio quality. I am still getting back into the hang of uh, being around human beings. And I left multiple pieces of equipment at my house and uh, did not do a good job recording the interview. So the content is wonderful. The audio quality is slightly subpar. I think I'm overselling it because it doesn't sound like horrible. But um, so it's not it's not Elijah's fault. It's, it's my fault. Blame me. And uh, yeah, so sorry for that. But here we go. Uh, the song is called Around. It's from the brand new record Daydream. The artist familiar. <laughs> Something's missing You try to catch your breath Fall back in the rounded circles And I'm just as tired as you And I can't find an excuse
was Around from the new album Daydream by the band Familiar. As I said just a few minutes back, we've got an interview, and I'm so excited to be sitting down with my buddy Elijah from Familiar. Elijah, thank you for coming on Oprah Radio. Absolutely. It's an honor, man. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm so excited about this for uh, a plethora of, of reasons, uh, one of them being that like uh, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated now, and this is the first... I think the first ever in-person <laughs> Oak Radio interview. And so, of course, I have forgotten uh, my adapter for my microphone <laughs> apparatus and everything. Uh, a little behind the scenes, you're recording this at the Rhino. And I lost my keys and had to have Alex Garnett, who runs the Triceratops Room, let me in the back. It's been a disaster. <laughs> Entirely my fault. But... And yet I'm smiling ear to ear because I'm, I'm here with you and we're here to talk about Familiar and this incredible record you guys dropped. And uh, so the first question I want to ask is, you guys sprinkled a lot of this record out as singles over the past year. Yeah. And so I want to know, was that, were these always going to be building towards an album or was there a moment where, like, maybe, hey, maybe these are just singles? And tell, talk to me yeah. through that, that from, like, a marketing <laughs> perspective, a creative perspective, etc. Totally. It was, at least in looking back, it's sort of fun to see that it sort of worked out okay for it being a complete mistake and a hot mess <laughs> for the way that it all rolled out. The, the short of it is, at the very beginning of 2020, we had dropped this song called Growing Tired just sort of as a, yeah. like... Hey, this is a song that we, we like. We just wanted more material to play at shows. We weren't looking for a project anytime soon. But we got to the beginning of 2020, pre, uh, pre-Panini, and we were <laughs> wanting to, uh, to just make more music, write more stuff, so we were writing. And um, the idea ultimately was, oh, we're going to drop, like, I don't know, a six-song EP in, like, middle, like, early summer. Because we know a lot of our tunes are sort of summer kind of vibes. Definitely. So... We started writing, started working. Um, we got a lot of songs like halfway ready in, 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 in the mix. So we're like, oh, cool. Let's go ahead and get, get them in the system. Let's, let's get them queued up and let's start releasing tunes. Um, and I think it was about maybe after we released our song New. Because um, we, we had put a music video together. We had done a, a ton of stuff. Because we're like, oh, we really want this to be our sort of next thing. And... Uh, Logan just sort of, Logan's our drummer and main producer. He records everything we do. He mixes it all. He's a mastermind. Also, that's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. And he was like, you know what? I think I want to do a record. And we were like, well, maybe. So, so the thought of like, well, should, we, should we wait? And should we record a little bit more? It, it was up in the air. And then, uh, congratulations, no shows anymore. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> stuck at home. Nothing but time. Nothing but time. And we were like, well, like... All we would do is we would drop these songs on Spotify and they would just be there. It's like, well, why don't we take a little bit more time? We, we can still release stuff, um, but we'll take a little bit of time. So we were like, oh, we'll wait a little bit on it. And then the, the last thing that sort of made it all uh, sort of end up the way it was is that we were approached by a really dope uh, company called Musicbed that does like music for uh, commercials and movies and various things, they, they basically just connect like a database of artists to people who are looking for tunes. That rules. Yeah. Great way to get paid, I'm sure, for exactly. making art. Yeah. Exactly. We were really hoping that it worked out and um, that was a slow process so we just wanted to like give it time see if things turned out and they did which was super, super exciting. 
funny enough, we're actually dropping, like, the music sort of goes public, I think, like, in a week on their site. But, um, yeah, so we just took our time and just wanted to see if things fell into place. And uh, we finally were like, okay, now we have a record, we got it mixed, we got it mastered, we sat on it for forever until we felt like the time was right. And we dropped it. I love it. I love it. I, I, that was, I had a sinking suspicion that it was a little bit like, <laughs> Well, shoot, do we have an album on our hands? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 that's awesome to hear that. It yes. Was, it was wild. Uh, so I, I want to talk a little bit about the fact uh, you're very multifaceted yourself. You are a very good drummer uh, in this band. You sing. Um, tell me how how familiar came about, and specifically, I guess, your role. How do you end up uh, being the vocalist of this band, knowing that you are an incredible drummer? It, you I Also, you guys have an incredible drummer. You know, how, 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 how does that all come about? How... When the band was forming, how do you guys land yeah. in those roles? It was it was really cool. It was sort of a dream team kind of situation. I knew Logan, again, our drummer and producer. I knew him through, like, honestly, like church stuff, and just also just, just music and, and the city. Um, and we knew each other because we were both drummers. And for the most part, we trusted each other enough where if he couldn't make something happen, he would be like, hey, can you cover for me? And if I couldn't make something happen. So we were, we were buddies in that sense, and we both respected each other as musicians, but... We had never really done anything past that. It was just, we are just buddies. Uh, I was a little intimidated by him, to be honest. So <laughs> I was like, I, I, this cool dude is cool, but he's on another level. And um, the, the f- cool part was, it was, I mean, ages ago, I can't even remember the year, but it was a winter, it was really cold, we had a lot of snow. I had like a, a, a snow week, practically. I remember getting out of school, and I was like, I'm just going to record some covers of just random songs, just for fun. Um, and of course, I, I, like, I just dropped it on... Facebook or whatever for like the, the, the 10 people and my mom to like it and to, <laughs> to hopefully enjoy it. But the cool thing is Logan saw it and I guess it sort of maybe got his wheels turning. I didn't know that him and his brother Trey, who's the electric guitarist in the band, um, they were already wanting to start a band, but they weren't sure what they wanted it to look like and who to do what. Um, so Logan heard those songs and he was like, oh, I think this could work. So he literally, like we weren't super close. He just was like, hey, can I like talk to you and hang out for a sec. So he came to my house and was like, we want to do a band. Um, so I've, I've been waiting to be in a band, like a full-time band band project for forever. But I was also like, I, I didn't want to force it or anything. I sure. probably, maybe maybe I should have, but it was nice to be like, oh, I'm, I'm just connecting with other musicians who've spent a lot of time doing their own thing. And now we're like, we can just sort of bring all of our talents together. So... He came over, he asked me if I was ready to make some tunes, I said yes. Um, our bass player, Nate, I didn't even know who he was, and he was in the band, I think, for like two or three months before I even met him. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were just we were just writing, um, and Nate, I think at the time, he lived closer to like Manhattan, so he was he was a good minute, Manhattan, Kansas, I should yeah, yeah, preface yeah. for all the things. <laughs> yeah, Manhattan, yeah, New York. Yeah. He's, um, from, he's from the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just chill. He's just chill with the But yeah. Uh, we, we were able to get together, we jived, we all loved each other, and uh, we're excited about the tunes, and that's where sort of the band took off. So, you you alluded at this just slightly, but I want to talk about the writing process when you're dealing with that many people who are capable of doing solo projects, yeah. quite frankly. Uh, what does a familiar songwriting process look like? Totally. Uh, it's sort of embarrassing to admit, from the get-go, like when we first started writing songs, the first song that we wrote, uh, I mean, as most bands do, the first song that we wrote was just absolute hot garbage. I still have the demo somewhere, and it's 
incredible. It's so much fun to listen to because it's just so rough. Um, but the first record and just the stuff that we did at first, like we, we, I think we knew that we could do the whole, like, let's just get together in a room and just jam. But I think we, we know how frustrating that can be if you don't have... That's a hard way to write songs. Exactly. And we, we wanted to have some material. And so at the time, like songwriting has always been something that I've enjoyed doing and, and wanted to invest in. And so I had songs just laying around and they were all just like sad boy, acoustic, folky, whatever. They were definitely not indie rock approved yet. But um, we, uh, it, it came down to a little bit of us, like Logan laying down some chords and then we just throwing around melodies. And then a good bit of our first record were just some songs that I had laying around that Logan was like, hey, let's elevate them, let's, let's, let's work out these different things. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was, it was a mix of that. It started out as, like, let's get together and write. Either you bring something that you've already written on the acoustic and we see if it works as a, as a rock slash pop track. Back then, we were leaning a lot more to the rock than, than the catchy stuff, but it was, uh, it was a little bit of that. And then every once in a while, I think it was like maybe two or three songs on the record that were like born in the room, just us throwing stuff out there and seeing what's stuck. Now, would you say, so that's in reference to the first record, right? Yes. So for Daydream, has okay. the process shifted? Yes. Yeah. That's honestly the, the thing that I, as as a band, as we're progressing, because I'm, I'm realizing, like, I watched a YouTube video that was talking about how back in the day, most bands didn't really find a hit or a good record to like maybe their sixth or seventh. Sure. And back then, labels were willing to like wait that long. For, yeah. For well, sometimes bands would be like together for like seven or eight years before they released their debut record. Exactly. The handful of bands where you're like, wow, Cheap Trick's first record's so good. It's because they've been a band for like a decade. Totally. And then like they were like, well, we have 40 songs. So <laughs> which 11 do we want to put out? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. And so I'm excited to see where we go, but we were, I was just like, oh man, I want to see our, our process develop. Obviously, I want to see us get better. And uh, the thing that was so rad about this record, um, both the nature of the time that we were in, because there were certain times where we were like, we didn't really want to gather at the studio. Yeah. It was sort of nicer to just sort of be in our own world. Uh, Trey, he, he has like a pretty cool rig at his house. Um, Logan obviously has his space that he, he writes in. And then I, I usually wasn't producing too much. I would just write on the guitar. But... We, as sort of a, of a band, this record is so much more of a mix of all of us. Um, the, uh, the song that you played at the beginning around, yeah. uh, like that's one of the, or there's, there's a couple songs on this record that Logan came up with like the wide majority of it. Like I think he, right. wrote, I think he wrote the majority of the lyrics, uh, he definitely wrote the melody, um, and then uh, he did like I think ninety percent of the. So things. not necessarily more collaborative in the sense that like the like if it was like a pie chart, it's a more even pie chart. More collaborative in a like uh, later stage Beatles where it's like this is a George song, this is a Paul song, this is a John song. Yeah, I mean I didn't, I've never thought of it that way. Maybe maybe around wasn't the best example, but I'll I'll say this way: in the past, it was I almost. It was almost an ego thing, maybe. Sure. Hopefully not, but I. I think but probably on some level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where I wanted to be yeah. the lyricist. I wanted yeah, yeah, to be yeah, yeah, yeah. I owe I get that big time. Yeah, totally. yeah. But going into this record, it was cool for yeah. There'd be certain songs where it sort of came from somebody's home base, and then we brought it to the table, like and then we we added our individual stuff. Um, so yeah, there's the uh, there's a song on the record called "The Light" that Trey a did a song. wide majority of the production on. For the longest time, the, the record was called uh, 
Pooping Rainbows. That was just the working title. Sure, yeah, yeah, I know. It was, it, was, it was really mature, yeah. really pretentious. We really worked hard on it. But yeah. um, just random tracks. We, we literally called it that, I think, for like a solid six months because we didn't have a title yeah, yet. Yeah, we didn't yeah, really yeah. have a, a chorus. But yeah, so those, those tracks bounced around and it was a little more collaborated in the sense that I wasn't I wasn't walking in the room and be like, all right, guys, hear my songs. Sure. Produce them. It was like, no, we're, we're all producing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how the working title thing goes for sure. Uh, <laughs> so my my band way way back we just released a record that um, it's a it's like a dual title because I've always loved those and it's called Baggage or you're never gonna leave it all behind. And the guys didn't understand until like three weeks before we were releasing it <laughs> that sure. I meant it's called Baggage or yeah. you know they kept thinking like. You were like at some it. point in time I was like, well, are we leaning baggage or are we leaning you're never going to leave it all behind? And I was like, I have failed to communicate. I want the very pretentious long album title, Baggage, or you're never going to leave it all behind. They're, they're expecting one phone call like 30 minutes before you officially submit yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> which, which is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to take a break really quick and we're going to cut to um, one of my big things with this podcast is local musicians shining a light on the scene itself. So I have asked you to think about a song by a local act, and we're going to spin it, and then uh, then we'll come back. So what are we going to listen to? We're going to listen to a song, uh, funny enough, by my uh, buddy's band, Nate. He's in the band, my band, but it's not another familiar track. He's in a band called Joy Camp. Uh, he was actually in the band way before Familiar started. Uh, and they released a track called Got My Love, uh, not that long ago, and it's an incredible song. Logan helped produce it a little bit, but oh, great. it's it's wholly theirs, and uh, it's incredible. I love it. Sweet. Okay, so here we go. Joy Camp, Got My Love. Take my eyes off of you 
So again, that was Joy Camp, the song Got My Love. I'm sitting here with my buddy Elijah from the band Familiar. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just really stoked to, um, to dig in on, on this new record, Daydream from Familiar. And uh, I, I want to ask you, what are, what are two or three moments from the record that you are particularly proud of or excited about? And I, I would especially challenge you to maybe name some moments that might be less obvious, you yeah. know? So, like, I always love when I'm making something and, I, I like, I will notice, like, the guitar tone on the bridge of this one song is, like, mwah, you know? Totally. So, what are two or three parts of the record that, like, you would suggest people on their third, fourth listen to, like, really sink their teeth into? Could be lyrics, could be sonic, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's a great question, and I think I actually have three. Um, I'll go sort of from front to back, because I think I can do that. Um, so the first one that comes to mind uh, is uh, basically uh, Around is, again, the track at the beginning. You probably already heard it. And uh, there's a moment right before the final chorus hits where we sort of build it up, but it's it's not necessarily a fake out. It's, it's, it's gaining momentum, but it's not like your typical build, build, build. Um, and... There's a there's the sort of the hook of the chorus, but it's just one of those moments where like it's game vocals. I don't know 10, 10 or twenty versions of, of the vocal yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, spread out. When Logan first played it for me, like I both got chills, and then I also was like angry at how nice it was. Oh, I was like, yeah, yeah. how did we get here? <laughs> Why did somebody tell me that we could make tunes that actually like impress me this much? So. I'm really stoked. Just that moment, it still gives me chills, and it's a. Uh, I, I feel like I. It's a great moment. moment. I agree with what you're saying. It's like a pump fake kind of a little bit, and yeah. the payoffs really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. fun. Yeah. So I love that. I love that track, and love that moment a lot. Um, I think in the, I think it's like close to the middle of the record. Uh, one of the songs that's has always sort of been my favorite, just because it took forever to come together. Personally, it was, it was toward the end of us writing. Um, the song's called "Try to Believe," and. Uh, I had the first half of the song, I had like the, the verse for like three months, and then I didn't really have a chorus, and then I wrote something separate, it was supposed to be sort of an entirely different song, and when I realized that the pieces could come together and sort of tell a story, I, I went with it. great feeling as a, like, as an artist regardless, yeah, I mean, like I've had that experience of writing poetry, music, yeah, it's such a good feeling when you're like, these Legos yeah. click! Oh my gosh! Exactly. Yes. I don't have to go to the drawing board and yeah. try to write two different sections for each of these. I can yes. actually like, make it work. Um, so yeah, so I, I threw those together, brought it to Logan. He was like, oh, we want at least like one sort of like down-tempo, like hit-you-in-the-gut kind of track. And um, there's a, a pre-chorus. It's, it's the second time the pre-chorus happens in that song right before... Um, the, uh, I guess it's like the hook at the very end, pretty much. And it's the first time that I've ever gotten close to like crying while like tracking vocals. Um, that song is easily the most emotionally charged because, I mean, for everybody in 2020, it was really hard and very difficult. But What happened in 2020? I, I don't actually <laughs> I really know. We might have to like research Google a little bit. Um, <laughs> but going into the year, I was already sort of in a weird spot because I'd pretty much have lost one of my closest friends, not like to, to death or anything, but in the sense of we were in completely different places. I didn't know what happened. As you do in your 20s, yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a lot. And I was, I mean, I'm about to say I'm so, I was so young. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious to say. 
a year in the removed, but... Oh, I think we all put on some, yeah, some city miles totally. uh, in 2020. Like, I did, we, we, got, we got some yeah, therapy we sessions going. We all aged about four years. We, we yeah. did some, yeah, we, we did some self-care, but, uh, yeah, so anyways, that song has to do with that situation. It was still a little raw, and Logan's a great producer, and he's like, he's like, I don't want to, like, make you uncomfortable. It's like, lean into that. Like, don't, like, let this song be what it means to you. That rules. Um, and so, yeah, recording it was a, a, a great process, very rewarding process, but it was, it was intense. So, yeah, the, I think the lyrics are, is this drama naive? Am I wrong to feel hurt? Should I leave you alone? Should I rub in some dirt and just drop it? Um, and that's how I felt. I was like, I'm, I'm just on the cusp of like, is it healthier for me to just hope that you're doing okay and just know that I'm really yeah. not your friend anymore? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I love that part of that track a lot. And then I'll say my third one um, is uh, the last track on the record, You Don't Need Me. Um, that's one of those selfish songs where for the most part it was written from head to toe for the most part on my end. Such a good and song. then Logan was like, hey, let's build it out. And um, the main reason why I adore that song is, so it starts out sort of, I don't know, sad boy, ballad It's It's sort of funny because I, I use the word sad to describe it, but it's a love song. Like a, a little ballad. And um, there's a guy who we've known for a while. He works in the same sort of studio setup or the say, uh, studio space as Logan. His name is Judah Earl. He's absolutely insane. One of the most talented musicians we know. Um, and he is both an incredible performer, but he also programs strings and does a lot of like production stuff. And um, we just knew that we wanted this to be the like sort of emotional orchestral moment. So we brought him into. Uh, work on some strings for us to put into the session and um, when you uh, when the sort of song sort of drops after the second chorus these strings kind of yeah. swell it builds and then we have like this big sort of rock moment with those strings uh, involved uh, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then the chorus hits and it's, it's just yeah. a big explosion so yeah I think the, I, I'm pretty proud with that yeah, I think those are my it's a, yeah it's a good list it's a good list yeah so I want to talk I know I mean like I know you ask this is what's hard with like a band, right? Is like you ask one band member this question and you get uh, you know, fourteen different answers between the four or five band members. But it, to you, what are your biggest influences that you're bringing to the table with Familiar? I compare you guys a lot to Phoenix and Vampire Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, is that fair? Is that in there at all? What what are you what are you drawing from? Totally, totally. I mean it's I, I hope as a musician, and this is what everybody hopes to say, I'm pulling from a billion different places. Sure. But when it comes to familiar, um, it, it's sort of, I, I would say it's like the stuff that I, it's a combination of the stuff I grew up listening to and then like the realization of like, oh, this is like cool, mature music. Uh, the song, music that I listened to growing up, lots of Reliant K, lots of... There's definitely the, um, there is like... Yeah, there's a shared sensibility, yeah. uh, especially of like the like. Reliant K does this thing where they get like I'm I love Reliant K. Yeah, they almost get too big for their own shoes, <laughs> and then somehow pull it off. Exactly. Especially like I'm I'm picturing like on mm-hmm in that era, totally. and uh, like um, yeah, like so hate consequences and some like where I can totally hear where you're going like okay. 
But what if we started from there yeah. and then it's, we didn't have the song about City Hawk and Stance? Like, what if we started with <laughs> yeah. the part that's got the cool, like, oh, all sentence in 6 8 and yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, oh, no, I hear that big time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that record, it's so funny. My sister, a there's, a, there's a boy that had a crush on my sister in high school. She hated him and I thought he was sort of a jerk. But the one thing that he did good is that he burned my sister. Mm-hmm. There you go. And we listened to it all that summer. Oh, so good. That's so, uh, forget it's... not slow down. I was like, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of my favorite album. albums ever. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. sorry, you were saying. We, we, we need to have an episode. Where we yeah, let's just talk about Lion K. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, so a little bit of Lion K, a little bit of Switchfoot, John Foreman, Church, just because again that was like big for me growing up, and then the more recent stuff. Um, I love Death Cat for Cutie and like yeah. Ben Gibbard. Actually, I don't want to say this like too publicly so I don't get too in trouble. Um, but our song Growing Tired, like I literally lifted a line from Death Cat yeah, on go. the bridge. Um, Genius is steel, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a Steve like, Jobs in, in, yeah. Interpolation. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, <laughs> if they come for us, we'll give them writing credits for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I love Ben Gibbard and pretty much everything he touches is gold. Um, and I was actually, I was sort of hoping you would ask this question. I've never done, like, an interview on yeah. music before. But one of the bands, I think, subconsciously that has influenced me a ton, both in the direction of the band and just the, the songwriting, there's a band called Now Now. Okay. In, like, uh, Minneapolis area. And they are incredible. They, I think they may have had an official, like, LP before the one that I'm thinking of. But they have a record called Threads that's, like, dark, but it's rock and it's and it's sort of brooding it's got a lot of ambience but it's also really really catchy really cool and that record was incredible their next record which i think there was like six or something years in between like they took a long time off but uh their second record called saved is like a straightforward pop record and if i can take those two and try to play with them like they do um I'll be yeah happy, man I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, so uh, I so appreciate you coming and talking, and you know, I, I, just, I love the record. Gonna keep spending it on the podcast, of course. Um, are Are there any plans for Familiar to to play some sort of live shows in twenty twenty one? Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. That's. Uh, I know that that's like a loaded question, and it, it's sure. like, yeah, but like there, it will happen in some form, and yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. I'll I'll say. Well, first off, and I don't, I don't know exactly when this is going to air, but hopefully around this time or, uh, I don't know, in, in the near future, uh, we actually recorded like a, a quick little, like basically a, a, a live show. Great. Um, that was just like a, a studio session. We crammed in Logan's little tiny library, um, and uh, we, just the four of us, we just played tracks. We <laughs> recorded with an iPhone, very DIY, but it turned out really cool, so we're super excited to get that on the internet. But in regards to like... In person, I mean, playing at this place called the Ryan, I think could be pretty pretty dope. Yeah, I feel like I know a guy who would make that happen. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. And then, uh, no no promises. It literally was a conversation we had like this weekend, but there may be something in Topeka that might cool. work cool. out, this like, outdoor event thing. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to see. Who, who knows? Yeah. It's, we'll it's keep, in the works. Keep your eyes posted, everybody. Um, we're going to send you out on a familiar track. What what song, Elijah? What song from, from the record? Not Around. I'm not going to play it a second yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, no, totally. Not this week. 
Now I'll play it again next week or whatever. <laughs> You're good. I'm I'm gonna pick a track that I don't think is gonna get too much love on the Do it, it. do it's yeah, do deep cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um there's a song called Searching for Something. Yeah. And it's it's sort of that mix of like the poppy stuff with a good bit of rock and um, we, we love it. So. There you go. Alright, so it's my buddy Elijah, the band, familiar. Now you are familiar. I have to make that joke at least <laughs> once per episode. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, searching for something. The, the record is, day, is Daydream. Go buy it now. Check it out.
That was Searching for Something by Familiar. Again, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with my buddy Elijah, and I apologize for the audio quality. That was totally on me. Thanks uh, for listening. I think if you made it through, then you you know that the content of that interview was uh, fantastic. I loved that conversation. I loved being able to have that discussion with Elijah, and hopefully that helps you, con- uh, you know, have some context for Familiar and what they're trying to do and uh, adds value to them because uh, I, I think they're truly fantastic. I, I, I love them. Okay, we've got three more songs. I'm going to keep this going fast as I can because I know this is a longer episode. But again, I, I loved that interview and I had so much new music and I, I didn't want to cut anything. So so here we go. Uh, up next, brand new stuff from Paula Zolo. This is an instrumental electronic act that has um, just just awesome vibes and I think this is a very cool song. There, this is the I think a single that's coming off of a new release soon from the Record Machine, and I'm, I'm I don't have a whole lot of details yet, but what I have is this very good song, Sycophant. The artist is Paula Zolo, and yeah, so enjoy that. Uh, I'm saying Paula Zolo, perhaps pronouncing that incorrectly. I will stylize that for you so you can search it. P A L A space Z O L O. So Paula Zolo, Sycophant.
by Palazzolo. And I've got even more new music up next. So two more songs and then and, and then we're done. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. See, do you get it? I didn't want to cut anything because it's, it's all new music. Up next, Dark Holler is the act. Um, I, I get early to mid-career St. Vincent vibes. Kind of just like a dark, um, brooding indie pop um, it, it, alternative synthy thing. It's it's great. It's wonderful. I'll let it speak for itself. And uh, the, the track is called So Are the Worms. And I, I just, I'm really into this song. I'm really into the vibes and the textures. It's just wonderful stuff. So here you go. Dark Holler, So Are the Worms.
that was Dark Holler. The song So Are the Worms. That brings us to the end of the episode. I appreciate you tuning in and listening. Thanks to Worlds of Fun for sponsoring the episode. And uh, thank you to Elijah for sitting down and talking with me and being so vulnerable about the writing process and uh, how we get the wonderful music that is familiar. So I will leave you on, on this, which is that I went to a show at Lemonade Park this past weekend. It was a sold-out show. It was the Freedom Affair, and it was just a lovely night. I went on a double date, my first double date since I think like maybe May or April 2019 with uh, my wife Sarah and our friends Aaron and Dave, and it was incredible and wonderful and perfect, and the Freedom Affair are so amazing. I play them on this podcast all the time because they rule, but I had never seen them live before, and somehow they're even better live than they are on the record, and it was just truly a perfect night. I don't use that word lightly. I mean literally perfect. So thank you to everybody at Lemonade Park. Thanks. Uh, Paul Malinowski was running sound. Uh, Chris Mowry, the production manager, was you know just running a tight ship as always. The bar staff from Voltaire. Um, it just everybody. And then, of course, all the members of the Freedom Affair for putting on just a, a truly um, transcendent show that, that made me escape and forget how stressful life can be for uh, you know a few hours there and just, just have a wonderful time. So thank you. It was a reminder of how powerful music can be. So I'm going to leave you out on um, the, the final song from their record, Freedom is Love, which they announced that the show has sold out of its initial vinyl run, which is so exciting for them. I'm so thrilled for them. This song is called Love Liberates. It's by The Freedom Affair. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. I hope that you're excellent to one another and you wash your hands. And uh, keep keep posted on, on show announcements at the Rhino and other venues around town because, you know, we're, we're starting to head towards normal. And we're, we're doing everything we can to, you know, safely, responsibly start to have live music again. And uh, it's, it's been great to promote these bands over the past year and try to drum up some some attention for the live music scene. But n- now that we're starting to actually have shows again, it's 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 important, you know, if you feel safe, if you're vaccinated, to, to go to these shows and support these acts. So uh, here we go again. This is The Freedom Affair. Love liberates. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again to Elijah. I'll stop talking. Bye. me oh we're a million miles apart I'll still love you just the same cause you're always in my heart no matter how long it's been no matter how far you roam even if you've done wrong you can always come home spread your wings just to see if you can fly I will be right behind you to push you up towards the sky and if you get to a place where you feel all alone don't dwell on your fear you can always come home and I'll always be here You can always come home Because love is stronger than ego And our love goes wherever we go True love won't restrain And it won't separate
Ope Radio is produced and edited by me, Ben Went, as part of the Pitch Podcast Network. Theme music includes clips from the songs Cave by Mess, Shapeshifter by What a Wreck, and Kansas City by The Dear Messes. If you would like to have your music considered for the show, please send it to benbooksshows at gmail.com. Again, that's benbooksshows at gmail.com. This was a production of the Pitch Podcast Network. The Pitch is Kansas City's independent source for news and culture. Check out thepitchkc.com to see more podcasts from us, including information for how to subscribe to The Pitch or become a sustaining member. Story ideas or feedback? Write to tips at thepitchkc.com. Pitch in and we'll make it through.